0: Now, I want you to get ready for a fairly profound conversation. We have on the show Grand Master Wolf. And Grand Master Wolf, or GM as he's known, is first and foremost a mystic. He has spent decades in temples in the Himalayas, as well as in the remote mountains of China. He has sat with the Dalai Lama and Master Ning Ching Hao, to name just a few. And was awakened while sitting in a private conversation with an enlightened Zen master. GM and I had a literally profound conversation about life, about enlightenment, about rising up beyond where we are in life. How to come back to source, the nature of reality, and so, so much more. So sit back, relax, and get ready to have your heads blown off. Let's dive in. I'd like to welcome to the show Grandmaster Wolf. How are you doing, Grandmaster Wolf?
1: Um, very, very well. Thank you, Alex. How are you?
0: I'm great. Thank you so much for, for coming on the show. And uh, I'm really excited to talk to you because uh, like I was saying earlier before we got on the show, I've had, you know, spiritual masters on the show and yogis before. I haven't had a martial artist uh, at your level come on the show before. And uh, I'm really interested to hear your pretty remarkable life story and what you've kind of found and discovered along your your own spiritual path and your own path through life. So my very first question to you is, how did your spiritual journey begin? <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to do the entire, you know, just some highlights if you could. <laughs>
1: Um, you you have to keep in mind there's two of me in here. There's the, the brain, the ego head, and then there's the mystic. Mm-hmm. The, the mystic immediately would say I was born, and that's what started me on the spiritual path. I could also say that uh, since life began, it's been trying to figure out what it is through us and through all forms of life throughout the universe. So in that light, I started the spiritual path somewhere around the Big Bang, same same time you did, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but then if you want to bring it right back down to normal everyday speech, probably about the age of seven.
0: And then you from from what I've understood in the research I've done on you, you you were in a monastery, you you studied multiple different um martial arts uh daoist i mean how did you find yourself in those worlds how did you get started in those worlds
1: luck (laughs) i'm sorry luck um i had a very difficult childhood difficult upbringing lots of abuse that's where the martial arts began so um i was being abused no one was stepping in to help me out as a child so it wasn't and and don't forget there was bruce lee back in those days Mm. um so studying kung fu studying martial arts in order to protect myself that's what got me into the martial arts coincidentally and luckily around about the same time um i was having visions and memories that shouldn't have been mine, adult memories, being seven years old, obviously not my memories. So that sparked me off in a different direction to everyone else. Little things like uh, before I was seven, when I was maybe four or five years old, I have memories of sitting on the couch in the lounge room and for no apparent reason, the wall just opening up before me and seeing huge megaliths, huge rocks rolling down these Scottish hills towards me and I would just reel back on the couch and scream, close my eyes and then open up and the wall would have come back together and the lounge would be back together and nothing would actually happened. So that was happening to me. Of course, back then the first thing my parents did was take me to the doctor's thinking that maybe I've got brain tumours and things like that, which obviously wasn't the case. Um, That's it, really. Lots of strange things. And uh, the memories, I didn't know it then, but later on in years to come, it was very obvious to me that the memories was of a past existence, a past life. Uh, And therefore, I've obviously been here before. Some of the memories involved occult and mystical practices therefore i've obviously done this before and that's when i realized i was just carrying on a project that i'd started in a previous body and that's what started it for me
0: and when you were when you were that young seeing these kinds of visions seeing getting this kind of information how did you process it how did you process the, the the this? I mean, as a normal child, if I was seven, hell, if I was forty eight, and I see I see a, my, a wall open up and these giant monoliths coming towards me, generally speaking, that's a psychological, you know, a, a, you know, deal. You have to deal with it psychologically. How did you process well, it? How did you process it?
1: Well, I didn't because at, at that age, I thought everyone was doing that. I thought everyone was like that. So right. it uh, wasn't until I was at school, maybe around ten years old, that I started to realize that other kids weren't going through this. Um, yeah, and that's really when it took off.
0: So when you decided to start going more deeper into the martial arts, is that when you started to to kind of go into the philosophies of the Taoist philosophies and and to kind of journey out into the monastery? life the monastery absolutely yeah yeah
1: yeah i was very lucky in that uh, one of my one of my teachers was a um he was from china Hmm. um, and his father used to work for the tong the the triads basically in china he was a very very well respected master very old and uh, a lot of wisdom and he wanted to leave the tong Um, and just live live a normal life like everybody else. Of course, most people, you don't leave any kind of mafia without any, well, you just don't, apparently. I'm saying apparently. I don't know. Um, But they respected him so much, when he wanted to leave, they didn't take his life. They took his face with a glass of acid. They poured acid on his face, left him one eye so he could see, and they let him go and he was free, free from that. He came over to live with his son, who was my teacher, my first martial art teacher. And we got on like a house on fire, me and the old guy. So my um, my teacher handed me over to his father and his father was an absolute master of iron shirt. He was an incredible man. And um, after about a year, of working with him he basically turned around and said to me you are broken on the inside my friend because of the abuse and everything else um until you get fixed i can't do much more with you and he wrote me a letter of introduction put that in a silver tube bought me a ticket and sent me off to nepal and uh, i was met by a sherpa And the Sherpa took me over the border into Tibet, which was quite difficult because it was a very tumultuous time back then. The Chinese were still very heavy, heavy heavy-handed over there. They were still beating a lot of people up and killing a lot of people. So it was quite difficult. But anyway, my Sherpa got me into Tibet over the border. And uh, two weeks later, he dropped me off at the front gates of a monastery and kindly took off and left me there. And in a in a wonderful Australian accent, I thought, "You bastard!"
0: <laughs> How old were you? How old were you during this?
2: We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. Hmm,
1: 13. 12, 13. Oh, I got I got ordained at 14, so I, it must have been about 13.
0: And then the doors open like a movie. This is like a movie at this point in the game. The doors open. Well, well
1: the, movies, the movies are like this. This came first.
0: <laughs> exactly. So then you, the, the door opens and the monk is, I'm assuming there's a monk there and brings you in, and then your journey begins.
1: There was three monks. One monk was there to allow me in, and the other two were there to laugh at me. <laughs>
0: i've heard of that i've heard of that yes i've I've heard of that concept and you stayed at that monastery for how many years 18 and that's where you did your internal healing
1: within the first two years
0: so in the first two years and what did what did they do there that allowed you to heal was it meditation was it i'm assuming that was a part of it
1: The monasteries that i were mainly involved with were the mystical monasteries they allow for religion but um under certain conditions but generally speaking mystical monasteries which is generally called uh transmission of mind beyond the teaching so uh if it's your lot in this particular incarnation to be a mystic and to rise above everything and be one with the all, it's time to leave religion behind and you go to the next step. And that was for me. So to answer your question, there's certain practices that leech you out of your ego. And when I say ego, I mean the entire gamut of your thought process not just the bad thoughts. People think that the ego is just the bad thoughts, the narcissistic thoughts, but it's not. The ego is the whole self, the whole accumulation of thought. You're not born with those thoughts. You are born a pristine, clean mind. So these thoughts are put in there. So the situation just from that alone is obviously you're not born with thoughts. You are born as this pristine, clean, beautiful, wonderful mind that we call a baby, And unless it's hungry, it's just joy and happiness and awareness. Eyes this big, oh, that's that's what you're born as. No thoughts, no ego, no laws, no hatred, no racism, none of that stuff. Just beautiful, pristine, clean mind. And it's still there till the day you die. Pristine, clean awareness cannot be touched. It can't be located. You can't see it. It's not made of matter. Therefore... That is an aspect of you that is immortal, which made sense. So after you're born, this for many different reasons, this ego, this self gets built up inside you by other people. You're not filling your mind up as a baby with your experiences and turning them into concepts. People are putting their thoughts into you. That's a cup. That's bad. That's good. She's a horror. He's not very good. Don't go over there. That's rotten. Don't do that. Oh, this will happen. Your brain fills up with this shit. And um, that pile of shit ends up thinking that it's you. And you end up thinking that you are it. This pristine, beautiful, clean mind that nature produced is forgotten in the background somewhere. So the first thing when you get leached out and you start watching your thoughts as opposed to thinking them, you see in those thoughts fear, hatred, pain, um, beliefs, opinions, judgments, all of that is in there. And of course, while you're watching them, you're not experiencing them. You're just watching them. There's something else that you can now see. So once I sat back for the first time and saw my fear and saw my misery but not feeling those things because I was separate from them, that was the end of my misery. That was the end of my pain. That was the end of my revengeful thoughts. I was happy. I was healed, ready to go. My next thing was I wanted to know whatever this, what is this thing in here that I am watching my thoughts? You don't think that you have to jump back into your thoughts to think it. You just know it. You understand it. Do you have someone in? I'll, I'll give you an example. Do you have someone in your life that you love dearly? Of course. How do you know you love them?
0: You just know.
1: There you go. Yeah.
0: No just, thought needed. No, you don't have to think about your loving your children or loving your no. your you wife or anything. You just know. Now,
1: in the mystical realm, when you step out of your thought process, you just live your life from knowing, not from thinking. Big difference. Yeah. You can't think of something you don't know. If I ask you to think of a motor car, if you don't know what a motor car is, you can't think about one. So you have to know it before you can think it. So why bother thinking it? You know you love your children. You don't have to think about it right you see and why why do we put so much emphasis on the dead turds of knowing which is what a thought is
0: i love that term the dead turds of knowing <laughs> that's a great 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 turd a turd a great that's, it. <laughs> that's a great great saying That's amazing that's that's so beautiful and 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 so simple and even doing it the work that simple. the thing that I am again, by doing this work and speaking to so many spiritual masters and people in the, in this kind of field is I've discovered that the simpler, the answer is generally the quickest way to the truth.
2: Absolutely,
0: It's this other stuff that the, you know, the, these uh, gurus and, and, you know, kind of, Life coaches, not all of them are bad, but you know what I mean. These kind of people come out and they these complicated systems, and then then I talk to someone like you, it's like, no, it's a plus b is c, one plus Absolutely. one is two. It's two. It's not an algebra equation. It, it...
1: Thank you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but that's what I've I've discovered that myself, and and understanding that concept of knowing is so powerful because because when we re, with religion in general, I love what you said about that. Like you can you can hold on to religion if you want, but if you want to take it to the next level, you must leave religion behind, uh, which is, you know, goes along with a lot of the yogic philosophies that I've studied over the course of my life. And people ask me like, well, how do you know reincarnation is real? And that that this is a thing and that we're we come back in many lives. I go, I just know it's not intellectual. It's when I first heard the concept, being raised a Catholic, which goes completely against the Catholic, you know, the Catholic yeah. church that I was raised in. Um I just understood, I go, that makes sense to me. It wasn't intellectual. I could intellectualize it, but I just knew. And nothing that anybody else says to me will sway me from that truth because I understand that just makes sense to me. It's a knowing. Mm. So when you can do that in multiple areas of your life is then hopefully where we become grandmasters ourselves.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. This so, is another point that, i re- oh sorry. No, there?
0: no, no, please. No, no, please go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead.
1: I was just going to say, when you're in there watching your thoughts, you're dead turds of knowing. If you grab a thought and you break it in half, it doesn't know you're there looking at it. It's not alive. A thought is a little package of data. It is not alive. You can break it open and it's empty. It doesn't even know you're there looking at it. It is a dead thing. And yet we let these things create our society and dictate every second of our lives. And there's no life in them. There's no wisdom in them. It is pure, unadulterated, mechanical stuff. That's why there's no you
0: go it's 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 code it's code it's in a computer code.
1: so how is that going to take you into the realms of spiritual enlightenment that's right
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> well it's very much like you know all the great ascended masters that we've that walked the earth from buddha to jesus to uh yogananda to babaji all these great masters they all Say the same thing, you must transcend thought. Mm. you must empty the mind these these basic yeah. concepts, these basic concepts of evolving beyond the physical beyond, beyond where you're at here because this is dense, it's very, very dense, yeah. very and, and intoxicating too. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. Intoxicating in the dense. you know, there's a lot yeah, of, a yeah. lot of, you can really have a good time down here.
1: Which <laughs> could be a problem.
0: <laughs> exactly. So it's intoxicating in the senses and with all the senses and things, but when you start to transcend that, it's so much more.
1: And oh my God. Jesus.
0: So much more. And from, even from my You know, I've meditated for a little while, for five or six years of my life. And in my short practice, I've already felt glimpses, pinches of it, of like, oh, oh, that bliss, that blissful feeling that's so beyond anything you can really explain. I can only imagine what it's like for someone like yourself who's been meditating most of their life. Yeah,
1: all my life actually.
0: <laughs> pretty, pretty much almost all your life. <laughs>
1: <laughs> when I think about
0: it. Well, let me ask you this. When you were in the in the monastery for those 18 years, where where did the knowledge come from? What is the the text? The I'm assuming there's some sort of ancient texts that have been passed down and passed down, this information that's been passed down and passed down to kind of open the mind like the Vedic texts things like that and in the Indian philosophy, and the yogic philosophies where did it come from in your monastery
1: between our ears between our ears yes I will explain okay
0: good. thank you thank you I appreciate that
1: <laughs> all of the mysteries and all of the forces and all of the energies that come together to make up this mysterious, wonderful miracle we call life is between your ears right now. Otherwise, you would be dead, wouldn't you? Mm -hmm. So if you have all of the ingredients of the miracle of life in you, making you, keeping you manifest right now, why would you go and ask someone else to tell you about it? Why would you go and buy a book on the subject? Turn inwards and the whole damn volume of life and humanity is right there before your gaze. It's in your head already. You are made of the stuff that you're looking for. What the fuck? So you see what I mean? I do. The only teaching are, the only teachings are... Methods that have been honed in and tweaked over thousands of years by millions of mystics that can take you out of your thought process without destroying self and place that original all-knowing mind that you have back into the seat of dominance between your ears. Damn, that sounded good, but, boy, I bet no one really understands it. (laughs)
0: Did it make sense? It makes, I understand exactly what you're saying. You, so, so, and, and again, we can go back to, you know, basic teachings of Christ that are everything that you look, everything I can do, you can do the kingdom of God is within you. Looking inward is the key. That's what meditation is, is to open yourself up to my, to my understanding, to open yourself up, to transcend this this yes. heavy, this heaviness that we're going through. So what you were taught were the techniques, not the knowledge. It's not like there's a big library of the secrets of the universe. You know, that's you don't have, right. you don't have the Akashic records in a vault somewhere at the bottom of the <laughs>
1: that's <right. laughs> Exactly. I have them in here. Yeah.
0: So you can tap into that knowledge, which is all around you and inside of you, but you need the techniques to tr- help you transcend the, the self, the ego, the things like that. That's what you're taught. It makes all the sense in the world to me. I can't believe I've never thought of it because again, it's too simple.
1: <laughs> yes, absolutely. Let's, let's simple it down a little bit more, shall we, my friend? Please. Let's take all life throughout the universe, something easy, we'll work with that. <laughs> the entire universe, what can you break that down to? Matter and an animating force put the animating force in the matter you've got a living form take that animating force out you got dust you got a dead body right you can break everything down to that how did these two things come together originally what is this thing and what is this thing they're the only questions and they're the things that you go in to observe how did it all begin that's quite easy Do you
0: want to go into
1: that please how deep do you want to go alex
0: i would like to go as deep as you are willing to go because these are the kinds of questions that don't get answered and are not exposed into the broad spectrum of of the world and that's what this show is about it is to literally take your soul to the next level and that is why Ooh. i want to I, it's why i like these deep deep questions that are not surface level i want to go deeper in so it's up to you as far as how far you would like to go sir
1: okay originally initially you have to speak whenever you speak about self whenever you speak about life whenever you speak about anything you have to be talking about the entire universe otherwise you're full of shit and you're missing something when you say i or me you have to be talking about the universe when you say that otherwise you've got it wrong and nothing will make sense now i'm going to go at this slightly scientifically slightly mystically so in the beginning before matter there was space emptiness empty space nothing there no matter no dust no light Nothing that could be considered matter whatsoever. Now this space, and this is, we know this for a fact, space has substance. It can twist, it can turn, it can get sucked into black holes. It has substance. And we call that mind. Now that space, that all eternal mind going everywhere eternally, is absolutely cram-packed with joy consciousness universal love and awareness that's what it is now if you imagine as mind you are floating around there in that nothingness that empty space no brain no body no thoughts nothing just mind sitting there how would you know you were there I'll save you some time. You wouldn't. You have to see something to imply that you're there seeing it before you can be self-realized. So mind has been there forever. You experience this, by the way. This isn't a belief system or a teaching. You can experience this. So you've got this space, been there for who knows how long. It doesn't know it's there. So let's put that aside for half a second. Next principle is... Substance of space, any substance, we know this for a fact, when it gets thick enough and dense enough, it will reach critical mass. And when it does that, it will start to light up. Not much, but it will light up. Now somewhere in space, this space would have got thick enough and dense enough at some point where it would have started to light up a little bit. Not like a cigarette butt lit up, less than that, but it would have lit up. Not in a center, by the way. There would have to be a periphery around space to measure a center from Mm -hmm. for there to be a center. There is no periphery around space, so there's no center. Great. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Now, this lighting up stuff would have started somewhere but not a center. So when it starts to light up, the rest of mind That is eternally in all directions would have gone it didn't have a head so it wouldn't have done what i'm doing but you get the point if it could speak it would have gone i am what am i i don't know i'm invisible so now it realizes it's there but it doesn't know what it is it's only just woke up basically
2: we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor And now back to the show.
1: So from the need to know what it is, out of its inbuilt miraculous powers that it didn't know it had, out of that need, big bang, now we have skin. So now it can see itself. It's got dust, it's got matter and it can throw that over itself. Now it looks like you and me and trees and planets and galaxies, now it can see itself now it can begin to explore itself so now you've got mind in matter and you've got matter in mind because the matter all became into being within this big mind and this mind is within it it's exactly the same as if you have a sponge a sea sponge at the bottom of the ocean you can see how the sea water is in the sponge and the sponge is in the sea all at the same moment (laughs) mind is in us and we are in mind all at the same moment so now let's look at you you are Mm -hmm. a part of that story you have matter and you have this animating force when you are watching your thoughts you are that original mind pure awareness when you're thinking you are the matter those two Mm -hmm. things the road to enlightenment is to make that transition from the matter back into that original mind source. So, all things that has ever been alive, all things that this animating force has ever been in, leave behind their experiences in this awareness. Whatever this awareness has been in, whatever form it has ever created and lived through, it retains the memory and the knowledge from that experience. This is how it's getting to know itself, life. And this is why when you know things before you turn them into thoughts, that's that knowing. The thought is matter. Thoughts are made of electrical impulses and chemicals. That's matter. That's part of your brain loving and knowing isn't made of matter we don't know where it comes from it's mysterious stuff and that's what you're made of animating force inside matter that's a fact we've just broken all that down so the path to self-mastery and enlightenment i have to go back a little bit i'm sorry sure sure so when you're born you've got The matter is self-regulating, self-reliant. It's like a perpetual motion engine. Once you start it off, it can run itself. It's the same with matter. Matter has an inbuilt processor. It knows how to feed itself. It knows how to fix itself. It, It can run itself, basically. So while it's going through life, looking after itself, the spirit can do what the spirit does, which is to... Observe what it can be now when it comes to knowing itself life To fully 100% know itself It has to have become and been every potentiality every possibility that it could ever be It has to have done. Otherwise, it doesn't fully know itself It has to have been everything. So if it's possible for an elephant to have 14 legs and speak Japanese That has to happen. Otherwise, life has never fully explored itself to its full potential. So through a tree, it's experiencing that. Through us, it's experiencing what we do. It's experiencing that the matter has the ability to create thoughts. Matter can do this. It's learning about itself. And that's pretty much the human condition now When this beautiful baby is born with this pristine, clean mind, exactly the same one that created life in the first place, that mind, let's say this is the baby's mind, that's the dominating force. It's just watching, it's loving, it's joyful, it's happy, happy, joy, joy, baby. And of course, and you've probably already heard this, as soon as you're born, people start putting names and labels in you that's good that's bad this is me that's right. daddy that's a pup, that's a dog don't go over there he's a prick she's not too bad by the time you're five years old you've got a head full of mud you've filled up that beautiful pristine clean bundle of joy with thoughts and none of them are yours they are other people's opinions other people's labels other people's ideas that's who built you now there's the you that nature produced from your mother's womb beautiful pristine clean enlightened mind and then there's the you that other people produced and put in there as an ego and it's that ego that is ruling your life the trick is to re reverse engineer that process so beautiful pristine clean mind lots and lots of thoughts thoughts become more and more and more and more and they overtake this And now they go up here, now your thoughts are your dominating force between your ears. This poor guy's completely forgotten about. And that's a waste of life. The practice is to bring this back up to a place of dominance and put your thoughts back where they belong. Most people go, but how can you live through your day without using your thoughts? Well, it's very simple. You do it all the time when you're having when you're sitting on the toilet having a poo you're not thinking about opening your sphincter and measuring the length of your poo and cutting it off at a nice little tip so that your bum cheeks don't slap together you're thinking about work while you're sitting on the toilet you're thinking about the drive home today you're thinking about something else when you're eating your dinner you're not feeling the peas moving around in your mouth you're not feeling the texture of the meat you're not doing any of that you're talking Or you're thinking about something else while you're eating. How many times have you driven to a destination and you've thought to yourself, oh my God, I don't remember driving here. I was talking to my friend the whole time. You certainly weren't thinking about driving the car. You spend your whole day thinking about other things. Missing the actuality of reality. You think about it. Anything either side of now is either memory or assumption. Most people are living in fear of the future, that's assumption, or feeling bad about the past, which is memory. Neither exists. Now exists. Fear comes from the future. If I have a gun in your face, you're not scared of the gun in your face. You're scared of the thought of what's coming next. Right. If you didn't have that thought, you would immediately deal with the gun. Immediately. But we don't. We go straight to this fear factor. So if you can stay out of the future and remain in the now, you will never, ever experience fear again. You see?
0: Easier said than done, my friend.
1: <laughs> yes, it is. It, it took <laughs> me six decades. <laughs>
0: Oh, that's all? Just the six decades? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I've
1: been a long way. I'm still a baby. Anyway, that's the situation. And any true teaching from any tradition, any school of thought, should be showing you methods of leeching out of your ego and starting to engage life from your original mind again and putting your thoughts in place. That's the only problem in the human realm. That's the only problem in life. That's the reason why our society can be as bad as it can be. That's the reason why we kill each other and rape each other and steal from each other, et cetera, et cetera. This all comes from the way people think. So if you reverse that and have this beautiful, wonderful, all-loving entity dominating your life, That's it. You're self-mastered and you have access to all of the information that that awareness has ever accumulated through everything that it has ever been in. That's where the knowledge comes from. Every tree has enough awareness for its leaves to follow the sun across the sky, every piece of grass. It's not the same awareness as yours or mine. It's the same one and you have access to it this is where the knowledge comes from anything that has ever been alive in the universe that awareness has been in you have access to that information
0: and even if you're reading a book that is a spiritual text or you know a novel wherever if the information that is said that that it brings up to your conscious thought it is only reminding you of something you already knew yes
2: we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor
0: and now back to the show it is not the the base of the knowledge it is a cue for you to go oh reincarnation yes that makes sense to me oh i'm here to learn this oh i'm here to and it just it's a remembering as opposed to inputting
1: yes
0: which is yeah it's fascinating that you but first of all thank you for that amazing explanation uh and it's so beautifully it was so beautifully and eloquently put together especially the poo part the the poo part was wonderful by the way uh (laughs) you know what that in itself is enlightening (laughs) (laughs) as you get older it is but but it uh, is a lot of these concepts that you were talking about are are truths that I've heard in other um, fields of of spiritual practices, other spiritual practices. So it seems that either you are in a Tibetan monastery, uh, a Shaolin kung fu uh, monk, you know, monastery, you're in the caves of the Himalayas with yogis. Uh, you're in or you're in the mystics of of Christianity or what all of these ideas seem to be similar but peppered with maybe different flavors but we're all going to the same place is that a fair statement
1: well yeah there's matter and there's an animating force which way do you want to go right (laughs) But but the
0: but the concept of the programming and the deprogramming is enlightenment Because all, you're right, we come in clean. We get thrown all this crap until around the age of seven and then we still, that's who we form ourselves at. Then we add more crap on and it just kind of builds up and builds up. And the people who are the most enlightened or lighter, if you will, the vibrations higher, if you will, on these people are people who have been able to deprogram themselves, let go of that baggage, let go of these thoughts. And when you get to a certain place, your vibration is so high that people around you go, oh, I want to be around you. That's why I've heard the yogis and people just want to be in the presence of the Maharishi, just purely because of his awareness of where he's at in in this process. Mm. And that's why they laugh, like the two monks that when you walked in laughed at you, because the kind of things that we deal with on a daily basis, it's kind of ridiculous and so it many is. things that we worry about. I always tell people, you know, one of my daughters who is well beyond her years said to me the other day, you know, daddy, when when someone insults me in school, the thought that goes into my head is, I'm not going to know this person in 20 years. Why should I care what they think of me? Can <laughs> you imagine not- isn't that amazing i'm like holy who taught you that i mean she's probably been around me and absorbed some of the stuff that i've been talking about but that is something that seems to have come from her and i was just like oh my god that's so profound
1: yeah that's beautiful
0: (laughs) isn't that isn't that amazing
1: (laughs) yes it is yes it is so it's rare it's also rare
0: Yes, it is. Yes, it is. But there's a reason why that little soul is in my life, and I am in hers. There's no question about that. Um, Now, I mean, so you've, you've gone through this, this process, this 18 year process, then you come out, and you come into the world. What do you find yourself doing? Being, What is your mission at this point in the life? Because you're doing more interviews. You're becoming more public with a lot of the skills and ideas of things that you've been able to do. Uh, The thing that drew, not drew me to you, but once I started doing research, really wanted me to interview you is your ability to do things that seem to be unworldly. And when I mean it's like using the power of chi and things like that, that I've heard about. We've all heard of these things. But they seem to be almost like yogic powers, like the things you hear about in like autobiography of a yogi and, you know, being in two places at the same time, levitation. These are all ideas that high-end yogis talk about, but they're not shown in public very often. Why did you feel the need to start showing these these skills of yours, these abilities of yours in public? And, And what is the point of what you're trying to do in the life? What is your mission in this life right now at this point?
1: exactly the same as yours
0: awaken to awaken people
1: i have no words
2: (laughs) as a universe i still don't know what i am
0: so you're exploring it yourself
2: no
1: well i'm i'm speaking from that pure awareness that's in all things as a universe like i said before i'm you and i and everything is made of matter and it has an animating force you call it spirit call it mind it doesn't have a name and it's in there when a person immediately in the beginning starts to explore self they start exploring the lower self they start exploring their psychology and their thoughts and their their um, emotions and of course The monkey that we inhabit is very, very limited emotionally, very, very limited psychologically, very limited time-wise. We don't have much time. This, This meat can only hold itself together for 100 years at best, and then it's going to fall apart. Then you have to get another one, a little bit like a Toyota
0: so and toyotas last that long too my friend (laughs) (laughs) um i forgot
1: what i was saying i'm sorry
0: so the 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 meat the meat that that we we're here so often and and that we we only have a certain amount of time how we deal psychologically we're we're limited
1: Right, right 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 thank you so when you start exploring self this is what you realize you realize that uh something happens because of your programming you'll respond to that happening in a certain way you'll think about what's happened in a certain way anything in life you'll have an emotional response to your psychology and then your average person will just unwittingly react from their emotions or react from a concept and from that they live their life and shit can happen from that or sometimes good things can happen from that as well. So what happens is you end up exploring this thing that is very limited. It's accumulating a whole bunch of relative truths about itself, believing that they are absolute truths. And then, of course, when the body and the brain dies, all of those so-called relative truths die with the brain, very different to absolute truth. So it's a very limited thing that you're exploring and this is a case where many people who meditate actually become suicidally depressed because when they start exploring self, they think, gee, basically, I'm a skin bag full of horrible thoughts and opinions, quite a fair bit of hatred and I'm going to die at the end of it all. What the fuck? And it makes them, excuse me for swearing, but I'm Australian. um, It's... Anyway, that's what occurs. If you're meditating correctly and you've been shown correctly by your guide or whatever shows you, and you're meditating in the right way and you are practicing in the right way, you will start to realize very quickly that you are not your thoughts. If you are aware of when you're thinking and you are aware of when you're not thinking, then you're not your thoughts. If you know when you're not thinking, then your knowing isn't based on thought because you know when you're not thinking you see what i mean so it's a very limited thing so if you've been trained correctly and you just spend one moment if you can for one minute experience this other self this higher you that was born the pristine one that part of you doesn't die that part of you isn't limited it doesn't think it it lives on knowing not thinking It doesn't have an ego. It's not limited by time. It's not limited by space. You can't touch it. You can't find it. You can't do anything with it, but it's there and it's in all things and it is divinely powerful and full of joy and full of knowledge. It it is the creator of life. It is the God that you are looking for on the outside. It's actually that little bit inside that's doing a looking in the first place. So once you realize that that is the real self, that is the you that was born, that is the you that nature actually produced, not people, you can start exploring that self. Now you can explore timelessness. You can explore immortality. You can explore universal love. You can explore universal joy. But not while you think you are your thoughts
2: we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor and now back to the show
1: if you think you are your thoughts when your thoughts get confused you think it's you that's confused if your thoughts get depressed you think it's you that's depressed and people will kill themselves because of that if you sit back and watch your thoughts being depressed the worst thing that's going to happen is you go oh look at that you the
2: thing
1: You'll get you laugh at it. You will. Like watching a movie. Absolutely.
0: Like watching That's a movie.
1: it. Once you can do that, the path is over for you as an individual delusion.
0: And this is the path of enlightenment. This is the path of self-realization. Thank you. That's basically where we're at. And to go back to these other abilities and powers and things that we've heard the yogic powers and things like that you speak of the higher mind and coming from that higher mind can you explain the higher mind and how that affects these things because it was there's a story I think it's in the autobiography of a yogi where there was two yogis and they were at on a river and this yogi one of them was, goes look what I can do and he floated over the other side oh, Yeah. And landed on the other side. And then the other yogi just walked across the bridge. And he's like, I wouldn't have spent 20 years of my life to learn how to do that. I could just use a bridge and spend that time doing more valuable things because there's a bridge. I don't need (laughs) that. It's not a life skill. It's an ego skill. And that is the danger with people searching to do these kind of yogic powers or or chi powers, uh, the ability, because it could very easily fall into the into the ego. So easily fall into that trap, uh, right? It's a trap. It is a trap. It is a trap because yeah. you could spend twenty years learning to do, or fifty years learning to do some of the things you've been showing online, where you know either using your chi to start fire, or crunch, you know, crunch a, a plastic bottle, or hold up paper, things like that you can spend your, your life trying to do that, but it all depends on what the purpose is behind what you're trying to do with that. Is that make sense?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You're right on track.
0: So then, so what is the higher mind and is, and how does that give you the ability to do these kind of miraculous things that are spoken about in books like autobiography or Yogi? Because I'm fascinated by what gets you to that place to be able to access those powers, those that kind of knowledge, because it's a knowledge, it's a power that you're accessing. You're at a higher level. You've entered, I hate to use the term, the matrix. I'm assuming you've seen the matrix. You've become, you've become Neo. You're able to now stop bullets. Don't please, nobody try to stop bullets with their mind listening, but um you get to start moving matter and controlling matter in ways that seem magical to the rest of us. Just like if we would show a monkey a light from a Ooh. flashlight, they would think you're a god. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. they're like, oh my God, like fire, what? You know, but we've yeah. mastered fire. So it's just another level of evolution. So that's why yeah. I'm interested in, in discussing it a bit.
1: Okay. What was your question?
0: <laughs> so the higher mind and how that affects the abilities that that we, that are spoken about in autobiography of yogi and yogic powers or in the powers of like the chi power okay. that you are able to do.
1: Let me clarify something first and this is purely my fault.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: By me referring to it as the higher mind I'm actually, in. it's wrong, because I'm implying that there are two minds. Right. Higher and lower. And that's not really the case. It's just easier for people to catch on to what I'm saying when I use those terms. The original mind is the best way to put it, if you have to give it any terminology at all. Before I go on with this, I just need to point something else out. And that'll make my answer a lot more understandable. Do you have a window where you are right now?
0: I see. Yeah, I could see something. I could see outside. Yes.
1: Can you see a tree?
0: I do actually see a tree.
1: Wunderbar. To the rest of the universe, outside of this six inch little skull you got here, to the rest of the universe, what would that tree be called? I can save you time again if you like. Please,
0: please. (laughs) Please. I was was already, my my gear started to crack. You could have seen the smoke coming out of my ears already.
1: (laughs) Well, the point is outside of the human head, that doesn't have a name. It's not really called a tree. That's something that we superimpose over it. Mm -hmm. It's not called green. That's something that we've superimposed over it. It's there. You could hit your head on it and your head will split in half and bleed but it's not called a tree, that's something we call it. To the rest of the universe, it doesn't have a name. It's just one more form that life is experiencing itself through. Nothing has a name out there. A mountain isn't really called a mountain outside of our heads, that's just a label that we've superimposed over it. And that is what causes all the problems in the world. What is before you, we call the void. That doesn't mean there's nothing there it just means that the tree for instance in reality it is void of name it is void of meaning it is just there and it's alive but it doesn't have a name and it's not called life nothing out there has these concepts now that we know that i have to go into this next bit If you call this a tree and you call this a house, you've just created two delusions. The first one is now it takes time to get from the tree to the house. You just created time from thought and label, you see. If you call this a tree, you now have to call everything else in the universe that doesn't look like this something else.
0: It's exhausting.
1: It is. (laughs) So just by calling that a tree, just by giving one thing a label, you split the entire universe up into countless trillions of pieces just by giving a label to one thing. If you can look out the window and watch life with giving no labels to any of it, it all joins together and you will see this animal that we call the universe being alive and you are part of it then you have an amazing realization when you see that when you experience that and you'll see what it's doing and why it's doing it and your place in it and why you are here as well all in that one vision so that's one practice this is one of the ways that i was talking about that gets you there now that i've explained that and I am really sorry about this. I needed to ask the original question again <laughs> because you the, need to know that bit.
0: Okay, so the original mind and how, by tapping you, into you. that, you can uh, access these other kind of powers that so many people want to access because they're superpowers in our world, but in the reality, they're not.
1: <laughs> okay, so what I've just explained is the process. If I give that the label of pen, Mm -hmm. there's a whole bunch of thoughts that come along behind that. That's a pen. That was made by a factory. It's certainly got nothing to do with me, and it's sitting there separate from me. All of that thinking will make it impossible for me to move that pen because now my brain thinks it's a separate fragment, and how can I move something that I'm not connected to? So that delusion will stop you once you have the ability to remain in the non-thinking mind but the all-knowing mind and you don't entertain any thoughts of self because as soon as you have a thought of self you now have to call that a pen you see Mm
2: -hmm.
1: no thoughts of self one with everything you are part of that big living moving entity that animal that you saw when you got rid of your labels and the pen is also a part of the animal.
2: We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now, back to the show.
1: So now, once you're in that state of no thought, moving the pen is no different to doing that with your own finger. That's the best
0: explanation I can give. That's a wonderful explanation. It, it, at least to me, it makes sense. Because you are – this delusion that we are under, this the the thought, the ego, the mind, the physical, is something that we're trying to transcend. And if you step your toe – if you have any toe inside of it, it muddies up the water. Even if it's a slight thought, it it stops you from doing anything.
1: Absolutely.
0: So when you're able to transcend that, then you're able to do things – and work within the world, the reality, the code, if you will, if you're Neo within the code, because you see the code. And it was, and if we go back to the matrix, the moment that Neo believed that he was the one and he connected to source, which was the code, he started to see the code. And once he started to see the code, he can control the code. And that is in a, in a way, uh, an explanation for people listening of the abilities of someone like yourself or other yogic masters and things like that, who, you know, the, the yogis that like create ash out of their hands or or levitate or or um, uh, are in two places at the same time. These, you know, things that have happened throughout history is they're tapped into this moving of the universe. You are one with the universe. And if you are all one, it's like blinking. It's yes, like any anything that you want to control in your your body, you have the mind to control it. But when you're connected to source to the one, you can do many things that would seem miraculous, but seem simple to you because you are now in the one. You are in the source. and you can control things just as simple as blinking or moving your finger
1: absolutely. And that is more natural. And then following your thoughts.
0: <laughs> it's just, uh, oh, this is, such a, this is such a beautiful conversation. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's such a beautiful conversation. I can't say other than that, because you are quantifying at least intellectually ideas that shouldn't be quantifiable. And we're trying to explain it in language which things that are feeling like explain love like it, there's no words for love it's a knowing it's a feeling you know you can't quantify love but yes. you we all know it we all sense it we all are it we all have it somewhere in our life one way shape or form have experienced it in this at this existence but to qu- try to quantify is very difficult so at least in my brain everything you're saying makes sense to me and it's clicking with me because once you're able to transcend and, and there was a, there was, um, a, a, uh, a self-help, uh, guru. His name was Wayne Dyer. He passed years ago, um, who I loved. They had very wisdom. He was a wonderful guy, but one day he said he was meditating and he said that he was able to levitate in his meditation. But then a thought came into his head and said, oh, I wonder if I could do this on The Tonight Show. (laughs) And he came crashing down. I was never able to do it again. Yeah, yeah. And that lines up with what you are saying. It's the second you can transcend. And that's where meditation kind of takes you. It, Mm. It transcends the self. It transcends this physical. And the more you do it, the stronger you're at it. You can eventually at whim leave this this, this thing kind of like what Yogananda used to do he'd be like I'll be back and he'd go away for 12 hours and he's like if you need me just whisper in my ear and I'll be back in a second but he would be gone like completely gone and other in an otherworldly event otherworldly yeah. place it's it's fascinating in and in your experience from doing the levels of of self-realization that you've uh, attained GM, are there other realms that you go to in your meditations? Are there other places that are beyond what we know as this kind of reality?
1: Yes. All the time.
0: <laughs> as he all, deep, all the, the time. deep breath. As the deep breath. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you go all the time. At rim, correct?
1: I call. Sitting here in this world, talking to you and people like you, I call visiting another realm. I am in other realms more than I am in this one. Mm -hmm. Honestly, if I'm not engaging with you or anyone else, I don't think, I have nothing to think about. I'm extremely content. I'm extremely happy. I have no questions about life whatsoever extraordinarily content, very, very, very happy. Um, yeah, so if I'm not talking to people, I, I just park this thing basically, this. I'll go, and, I'll go and park it somewhere and make sure that it's not gonna shit itself while I'm away and give it a bit of water and food. And then I go and explore other dimensions, other times, you can go to other planets. Well, it's not a matter of going. It's a matter of you're already there. All things are in you, and you are in all things already. So you could be on Mars in less than the blink of an eye. You're already there, awareness-wise.
0: Because it, it's the ultimate quantum entanglement.
1: Thank you. You just took that out of my head. There you go. You're mind-reading. They, <laughs> they are the words that I was thinking right then.
0: It is yeah. qu- it is the idea of quantum entanglement. And that's what's throwing quantum physics into uproar because they can't explain it. They don't understand quantum we entanglement. We can explain it. Of course. It's because it's a mystical. Yeah. And and that's why I love having quantum physicists on who are connected to the spiritual, because when you can it seems that science and the mystical and spirituality are are coming closer and closer, and science is catching up a bit yes. to, to the mystical. They've yes. been talking about things like quantum entanglement for thousands of thousands of years. And it's in a and, different language, but the concepts are the same.
1: But they, they steal our discoveries and put their own names to it. And then <laughs> pretend, pretend that they've discovered it. We've been um, we've been healing people and healing ourselves and medit and levitating all the things that you can do with great meditation. Um, shit, I just lost my train of thought again. I'm sorry. I'm so tired. <laughs> right <now. laughs>
0: It's all good. It's all good. No, that you you guys that that I mean they were talking about Maya and the Grand Illusion or the the or in. Um, the Aborigines have been talking the dream, which is the illusion yeah. of where we're where we are at, which is basically simulation theory at this point. Mm. They're starting yeah. to talk about the concept of simulation theory and that where we're all at. and it's it all seems to be, connecting more and more. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. The world in general is pretty much in, you know, it's it, it seems to be going crazy for many people. But from my understanding, all of this insanity that is happening is a necessity to bring up all of the stuff that needs to be the light needs to be shined on because we are going through a great Awakening as a, as as a species as as Humanity we've decided to start to evolve spiritually to and that's why these kind the show like this show is a show like this wouldn't have done well 15 years ago or 20 years oh, ago, you,
1: you would have been shot by some Christian bloody
0: terrorist group, or 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 burned at the stake if it was that you know 100 years back, 150 years back. If I would have even said anything like this, so yeah, we've evolved yeah. to a point where now we're talking about these concepts publicly, and yeah. this is going to be seen by hopefully millions of people around the world. And even if they might not understand everything that you are saying, it might plant a seed here. Or plant a seed there that might evolve into something later.
1: Some seeds fall on fertile soil. Some do not. (laughs) Some, many do not.
0: (laughs) So, 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 what are are your thoughts about what's going on in in the world today and, and, and where we're all heading as far as the, you know, this awakening that we're going through?
1: I think it's wonderful. We're, um, lots of people are waking up to oh god i don't know where i should go with this alex can i say anything i want to say anything
2: you'd like to say sir we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor and now back to the show
1: obviously the world has been geared up is being geared up towards globalization most of your layman in the world has no say or control over this globalization the powers that be for whatever reason needs and wants to control everyone on every level and honestly 30 or 40 years ago Most people wouldn't have believed you if you'd have told them that because we didn't have the internet to demonstrate what we're talking about.
2: Right.
1: Um, But these days, if you're a nasty bastard or if you've got some bad plans up your sleeve, it doesn't take long for that to get out. And the reason, a lot of the reason the world is the way it is at the moment unfortunately i will say people who are deluded that humanity can't possibly be this bad that everyone is really really kind at heart and you know people that just want to deny the bad side of humanity they're starting to realize that we are a nasty animal Mm. and until we start to bring you know look after ourselves and bring ourselves back into gear and start mastering ourselves your average person that's had a bad upbringing turns into a nasty creature and does lots of damage we're learning this about ourselves we're learning that there are people of our own species that will do us harm we need to know that if we don't know that if we don't accept it if we don't accept that we are not the children of god we are actually a bunch of assholes who are trying to get better then more people will try harder to be better you've got we have to realize what we are accept the fact that we have the ability to be very nasty people and there are some very nasty people in the world and something has to be done about it once that is accepted as a fact we can then look at Well, if you take everyone's programs out of their head, what would everyone be like then? Would that change things? Well, yes, it would. So that means then that most of the nastiness that comes from people is due to their education, not necessarily at school, but education at home, education, peers, education, and, you know, blah, blah, movies, TV. And that's what makes us what we are, nature and nurture. Once we understand that, we can start to stop producing nasty people. Very, very easy. I'll show you uh, an example. Thought experiment. Take Hitler. I always have a problem with this. Take half a dozen evil people. And I can't think of any. So (laughs) just put your own evil people in this room, please. Half a dozen of them. One is evil because this person likes to destroy children's lives. Another one is evil because that person wants to take over the world and get rid of. uh, Whatever. uh, Certain races whatever. So get all of these evil, horrible people that you wouldn't want to be near. Put them all in the same room. Show them all a method of meditating and raising out of their program, their education, their thought process. Get them to sit in that meditative state for one minute. And for that one minute, those people would be the same as each other. There would be no anger, no aggression, no hatred, no angst, no bias, no racism they would all be exactly the same. They would have this wonderful, still all loving universal mind. And then when the program comes back, you got your assholes back again because they'll be following their program. So it doesn't matter how evil you are, how nasty you are, how bad things you've done in life, you still have the potential and the ability to be an enlightened being.
0: And isn't it, there's no question. And isn't there, isn't that people that are at that lower vibration? They're, they're at a very low, dense vibration, hate, anger, uh, mm. you know, revenge, those kind of, those kind of feelings and ideas drop your vibration. Is it that the farther, the more evil, let's say, quote unquote, evil, um, you are, or negative you are in that vibration, the farther away you are from source? detached from the idea of oneness.
1: Yes, that's better. Definitely.
2: Yeah. Deta-
0: detached from the, the idea of that we are all one. And the closer you get to the idea that we are all one, you elevate that vibration more and more and more.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Well, then let me ask you this, then the idea of co-creation that our, our mind is, we are in a partnership with to source energy with life, that that universal energy that we're talking about. And we are in a partnership with co-creating that reality for ourselves. We're writing the code along with the programmer, if you will. What are your ideas upon that concept of co-creation? Because that's a difficult idea for so many people to understand. They're like, well, wait a minute. I'm the one that asked for these abusive parents. I'm the one that asks for this, you know, crazy boss that, you know, yells at me or this spouse or this car accident or whatever happens to come into their lives. Um, And we could talk about soul blueprints and all that kind of stuff, (laughs) you know, karma and all that other stuff later. But generally speaking with the concept of co-creation, what are your ideas with that?
1: You're talking about nature and nurture.
0: Well, yeah. a, a little bit, yeah. But the concept of co-creation is like you can change the reality that you are in by your thoughts in many ways. Is, or am I am I incorrect?
1: No, 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 that's correct. The brain, what you're talking about actually doesn't have much to do with spirituality. It has everything to do with the mind of matter. Matter is a self-regulating entity, but it has no spirit other than you. Mine has no spirit other than me. So there is spirit in the matter. The matter is set off as a self-regulating thing, like a horse. Mm -hmm. You know, you ride a horse around all day long and the horse will take you wherever you need to go. It'll take you places you wouldn't be able to go without your horse. Your horse will love you and you will love your horse. But your horse isn't you. It doesn't think like you. It has different physics. It has different weights. It eats different things. It's not you. You live completely different lives, completely different lives, and yet you can work together quite wonderfully if you can get that horse to love you enough to serve you. And that's the trick with the body. Now now that I've said that, the human brain, let's look at placebo, for instance. And I may swear here, okay, so you might have to bleep to me.
2: Okay
1: <clears throat> Ah, where do I start with this one? Um, you have an illness. you go don't don't believe what I'm saying right here. You don't have an illness. Sure, sure, sure. let's say you have an illness and you go to several doctors. they can't do a damn thing with you. They don't know what's wrong with you. they can't help you. they're sorry. You go to some anatomists, neurologists, you name it, you've been to them, they can't do a thing for you. They're starting to tell you to make funeral arrangements. As a last-ditch resort, you go and see a mystic. Mystic comes to you, you have great faith in the mystic, the mystic shows you a couple of things that can be done, something that would seem miraculous. Or you just go to a different doctor, will do the same thing. And this doctor, if he knows what he's doing, He'll listen to your story and then he'll look around and he'll pull his drawer open and he goes, look, I shouldn't be doing this. I have a tablet here. And if I give this tablet to you and you take this at midnight tonight, make sure you drink a full glass of water while you're having this. That's imperative that this happens. You'll be on your way to being fully healed tomorrow. Okay. He gives that to you, you go home, you take your tablet, you drink your glass of water, you're fully mindful of what you've just done and, of course, tomorrow you've just healed yourself and the tablet was sugar, that's all it was. It had no medicinal properties whatsoever. So that's your brain created the placebo. It's hypnosis. You know, under hypnosis, if I convince you that this pen is a red-hot poker, and put it on your hand, your hand will blister. That's a fact.
2: We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show.
1: Because mm-hmm. it thinks that's that—that's what it is. Your brain will believe anything you tell it. That's just the way it is. and um, And this is why hypnosis works. So, What I'm getting at here is when you know how to work with the brain and you know how to turn certain buttons on and off, you can create miracles with that brain and it will heal things that no one else could possibly heal. It can make things move that shouldn't be able to move. It can do many, many miraculous things. So if you now we're talking about magic, you're always doing magic on yourself. For every thought that you have that you think is real, it's gonna have a placebo effect on you. And that can be a curse, or it can be whatever the opposite of a curse
0: is. (laughs) A a blessing, a blessing. Thank you, thank you, it can be a blessing. (laughs) (laughs) But the placebo only works if you believe the source that that idea is coming from. So, in my parents' generation, anyone with a white coat who calls himself a doctor knows all there you go and And if the doctor says, "Here's this pill that we just had this, they'll believe it." If I tell them the same thing, they'll go, no you're 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 you have no, they don't believe that. So it all depends on the belief system of the person in this in this scenario. So with yes. that same thought pattern or that same idea, you can then believe if you have a truth belief in, co-creation of your own universe you can do miraculous things doors that were shut will open people that you never thought would come into your life have come come into your life and all what of do a
1: sudden what do you think will come to be
0: you know and i'll tell you what yeah. for years i worked in the film industry for years i wanted to talk and have access to Oscar winners and movie stars and big time producers and all of this, right? And anytime I got close, I got in a room sometimes, but I never could block it in ever. I can never get there. And then the second I started this little podcast on filmmaking I did eight years ago, all of a sudden I have Oscar winners, I have big movie stars. I have big giant producers who are on my phone and I can call because we've become friends access yeah, to yeah. people that would have never been accessed to before just by switching the belief system of what I believe was possible. And yeah. now my I can talk to whoever I want to in my life and they just start to show up. It's a pretty miraculous thing. So it's it's a wonderful thing. It, it's It's a basis of what the law of attraction, when that movie came out 20 years ago, The Secret, it was the seed of this concept. You know, cause people misunderstand the law of attraction and how it works and all this comes kind of, like, it's not about, Hey, I need a new car, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but this is the idea of this co-creation idea um, is really powerful. Um, Jim, I could talk to you for another five hours, my friend, but you will, you will fall asleep because I know you're tired where you are
1: in the world. I I, I really, I really apologize, Alex, but just in the last 20 minutes, um, I'm just going, uh.
0: no, 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 no. It's all good. It's all good. I completely understand. Listen, you've given me more than enough time and I appreciate your time. Uh, I want to ask you a few questions. I ask all of my guests, um, what is your definition of living a good life? Being happy. What is your
2: definition of God? I don't have one. And what is the ultimate purpose of life? To understand self.
0: And where can people find out more about you and the work that you're doing? There's a web... I'll I'll answer it for him. There's a website. I'll put it in the show notes for everybody and in the oh. description so people can actually reach out to Grandmaster Wolf. He's a horrible marketer for himself.
1: I am. I am. If anyone out there wants to become a, um, a manager, I, I'm open to discussion.
0: And do you have any final messages for the audience?
1: The final messages for the audience. The world, some absolutely wonderful, magnificent things are going to be happening in the world in the next year or so. Life is going to get much, much better. I can guarantee you that. Some things are going to be happening soon in the world that is just going to blow everybody's
2: minds. And I'm talking UFO stuff spiritual
1: stuff um space travel
2: yeah we're good. Yeah. It,
1: yeah it's it's just we're we're due for a revolution and it's about and it's already started so i guess the message is this it doesn't matter how bad things seem at the moment just look after yourself look after your loved ones stay healthy stay happy and be patient because life is about to get so much better for everyone guaranteed
0: grandmaster wolf thank you so much for coming on the show and this has been a profound conversation you're welcome back anytime i'm going to have you, we have to have you back and have deeper conversations about other aspects of reality uh in the future my friend but i truly truly appreciate uh you being on the show and sharing your knowledge and experience with us my friend thank you
1: I have absolutely thoroughly enjoyed myself tonight, Alex. Thank you very much. Let's definitely do this again. And next time I'll have a nap.
0: <laughs> Before, your hand. I want to thank Grandmaster Wolf so much for coming on the show and sharing his knowledge with all of us. If you want to get links to anything we spoke about in this episode, head over to the show notes at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash 204.